I, I know some of you dads out there are saying, I need some dad fuel. I know sometimes I feel like I need some dad fuel. And in fact, being a parent isn't easy. They don't, they don't tell you this. Either they don't tell you before you have kids or we just don't listen. I don't know. But, but I remember uh, when my kids were born, and I remember um, finding a pediatrician. We actually interviewed pediatricians. The lady that said, if they just have a fever of 101, don't call me. There's no fever that kills. Scratch her name off the list. Um, and then we had to find a hospital, like, that was close. You know, fortunately, uh, we, we lived really, like, three minutes away from Harris, downtown Fort Worth. And, and then the parenting classes... And then the Lamaze classes, where they teach the dads how to breathe through the pain, right? <laughs> I still remember. Cynthia hated that when I did that. Um, and then, then you have to get the nursery ready at home, you know, just right. Paint it if you do that. You have to get the crib in, the bassinet, all the stuff up. And then you, you have to go to church and get the nursery workers ready, <laughs> Um, this is this is what I want you to do with my kid, you know, because when you're a parent, you know everything that you should do and everything you shouldn't do. When you become a parent, you do what you have to do. That's the way that works. And then then the anxiety is the due date draws near. Do you remember that? And then the frustration is the due date passes. If you if you remember that. And then the labor, then then the trip to the hospital to find out there's a thing called Braxton Hicks contractions which is false labor, and then the real labor sets in, and then you go to the hospital, and then the waiting, and the pain, and the birth, and then you count the fingers and toes to make sure that they all are, are what they're supposed to be, and then the baby, and, and I remember, I remember especially with the first one, but it happened with our second too, that, that I looked down, and, and I'm thinking, I'm responsible for this little life. And then you think, whew, it's over, right? <laughs> no, it just started. Because then you got like the 2 a.m. Actually, I, I think our kids are like every two-hour kids. So every two hours feeding, and then you got the diapers, and then you graduate to the place where you have the formula, and then you have the diapers. And then you get to the place where you have the late nights still, you know, and other parents just drove me nuts. My kids slept through the night when they were three months old. I'm like, no, I think you slept through the night when your kids were three months old. And then, did I mention the diapers? Um, um, we had a thing called a diaper genie. They had just come out with those. You put them in and you twist them, and when you pull it out, it looks like a diaper necklace. Um, it, it actually worked better than it sounds. And then the, the feeding, the pulling, then... The grunting, I was glad when I graduated to the talking. We could figure out what they wanted. And then kindergarten, then kindergarten graduation and all the tears. And then they go to elementary school and then middle school. And then here they have an eighth grade, they call it an eighth grade reception now and more tears. And then high school and then the graduation from high school and then college and then married. And then I hear someday grandkids, we're not in a hurry, I'm just saying. But someday grandkids, I hear that they call them grand for a reason, that they're grand. And then great-grandkids, which I understood every kid is a great-grandkid, and someday I'll, I'll figure that out. And, and yes, I purposefully skipped dating because I have daughters, in, in case you're wondering why I didn't say that. 
But being a parent isn't easy. It's a huge responsibility. And, and just, just the, the, the weight that you feel, the, the huge responsibility is you hold that little newborn and you say, I'm responsible for this little life. I'm responsible for her. Excuse me, in my case, for her. And as big as a responsibility that is, there's, there's another one that hit me later that really floors me. When, when you look at that little kid or if it hits you later like it did me, when you look at your child and you say, I am responsible for this child's eternity. Because parents, whether we realize it or not, whether we act like it or not, parents, we are responsible for our child's relationship with the Lord. If you've never heard that before, that's huge. And, and we, live, we live in a country, we live in a culture that says, no, 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 everybody chooses for themselves. Everybody picks for themselves. And, 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 and you know, our, especially when it comes to faith, our, our culture, uh, our society says, no, 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 faith is a very personal thing. And, and the idea or the implication of that would be, and keep it to yourself, you know, but faith is very personal. That, that's, that's the way, that's the culture we're growing up in. And the idea that a parent would be responsible for their child's faith blows us away. But we are. Scripturally speaking, we are responsible for our child's relationship with God. And some of you are going, I am so glad my kid's not a child anymore. Well, I've got news for you. Parenting doesn't stop when they leave the home. As long as you're alive and they're alive, you're their parent and they are your child. They may be an adult child. Your child might be a grandpa. That makes you a great grandpa. Of course, we know you are because you're a great person. But you are responsible even for your grown child's relationship with God. And, and I know, I know because I do this too, some of you are arguing with me in your head. One time I messed that up and said you're arguing with me in my head. And that just really gets weird. But, but some, of you, some of you are thinking, no, that can't be right. I can't be responsible for my child's relationship with God, especially when they're grown, when they're an adult. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 1 through 7. Here's what it says. This is the commandment, the statutes and the rules, that the Lord, and by the way, whenever you see Lord capitalized in your Bible, it means Yahweh. It's the personal name for God. The reason that it does that. Uh, that well, the reason that, that God uses his personal name or that Moses here uses the personal name for God is because whenever we say Lord, we kind of that sounds too broad and generic, doesn't it, for us? Even when we just say God, you know, teach your, teach your kid to follow God. And I heard someone say, you know, our God and the God of the Muslims is the same God. And I said, no, 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 that's not true. The, the God of Muhammad is not our God. The God of Confucius is not our God. Our God is Yahweh God. In fact, over and over and over, we're going to see it in here. It says, the Lord your God, he is one. What that's saying is Yahweh, your God. Yahweh, this one that appeared to Moses. Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God, that one, Yahweh. So it says here, um, this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord, that Yahweh your God commanded me to teach to you, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it, that you may fear 
Yahweh your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all the commandments and statutes which I command you all the days of your life, that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Then here's what he says. This is called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh our God, Yahweh is one. You shall love Yahweh, the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. I hope you got it. This gives us a very clear picture that parents are to take the lead in their child's spiritual life. Very clear. You don't leave it open to them. You teach them, and you teach them to do. And then we're going to see a little bit later, it even goes beyond that. But parents... You are to take the lead in your child's spiritual life. And and I know, I'm I'm looking out among you, and and I know many of you have adult kids. One of my kids is an adult kid. And yet what I hear from this very clearly is that I am to take the lead in my child's spiritual life. Now I have a son-in-law. Big burly guy, like splitting wood kind of guy, you know. And, And I take the lead. Now he has a dad too who can take the lead, but but it's my responsibility always to take the lead. Here's the big idea. Parents are called to lead the way in their child's relationship with the Lord. You're called to lead the way in your child's relationship with the Lord. And I know, I know it changes when they get older. Actually, maybe not so much. Because you can't tell a 10-year-old, you're going to follow God. In fact, I'm not sure you can tell a preteen a whole lot. You lead the way in their relationship with the Lord. Why? Why is that important? Why do I spend a whole message talking about that? Because of this. If you don't lead your kids to follow Jesus, then others will lead them to follow the world. Let me say that again. If you don't lead your kids to follow Jesus, then others will lead them to follow the world. Think of it like this. That our culture is like a river with a very strong current. And the idea that our world tells us that we put our kids out there and let them find their way is a lot like throwing our kid in a river with a strong current and thinking that, that, that they're going to find their way. They will. It's going to be the way the current is going. And that's our culture. That's the, the world that we live in. And if we just leave it up to them, which is not God's design, then they will follow the way of the world. They will follow the current of our culture. And that's contrary. That's contradictory to God's word and his design. In fact... Christianity is countercultural in almost every area. Do you believe that? In almost every area, Christianity, what God teaches through His Word, is countercultural. We have to swim upstream, not just throw them in the river 
and let them go down with the, with the flow. But if we don't lead them, others will. So if we don't lead them to follow Jesus, and others are going to lead them to follow the world. And we are, we are bombarded all the time with things of the world. We, we got rid of broadcast TV and just went to Netflix and Hulu. And man, you even got to be really careful what you watch on that. I was talking with a parent not too long ago, and her kid was watching a kid's cartoon that she had been watching with them before. You know how we do that. We kind of test it out with them. Yeah, this seems pretty good. And then she happens to hear, she's in the kitchen, her kid's watching a cartoon, and she hears something that is actually 180 degrees off of God's word. And it's going, they're even doing it in cartoons. We're being, we're bombarding our kids, or they are. So get this. Parents don't lead their children to follow the Lord by pointing the way. They lead their children to follow the Lord by showing them the way. If you thought parenting was hard before, it just got a lot harder, didn't it? Here's what we would love to do. We would love to say, I have daughters, so I call them honey. If I had a son, I'd probably call him son, I guess. But I would say, that we would love to say this. We'd love to say, honey, you need to follow Jesus. And then they do it, right? Some of us would settle for, you need to take out the trash, and that happened. But we would love to say, you need to follow Jesus, and then they do it. But listen, by God's design, it doesn't work that way. God... This is something else that, that we have trouble believing, but it's true. Parents are the most influential people in their kids' lives, even as adults. Now, there are other influences. And if parents take away, if we relinquish that, then certainly the other influences will be the ones that went out. But by God's design, parents, you are the most influential people in your kids' lives. And we would love, we would love, I would love the whole do as I do, not as I, I'm sorry, that's the way it works, got that backwards. The whole do as I say, not as I do thing, we'd love if that were true. It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. They will do what we do most of the time, even if, even if they spend their whole childhood life saying, I am not going to be that way. This happened, I think I've shared it with you, it's been several years ago, but my, my parents never explained anything. Mom would always tell me to ask Dad, and Dad would say, because. You know, I mean, that was just the way it worked. You know, Dad, can I go somewhere? No. Why? Because. If you pushed him, he'd say, because I said so. You know, that was his long answer. Um, and, and they just never explained things. Maybe it would have helped me, maybe not. I don't know. But um, I swore I would never do that. I said, I'm not going to be that way. I want to explain to my kids. I want to teach them. I want to help them along. But you know what? When kids are little, there's no, there, there's no answer to why. There's always another why. Why? Why? And that happened to me one time, and I heard my dad say, because I said so. And he had been dead for a long time. <laughs> I became my dad. We do as our parents do for the most part. Doesn't mean God can't change things. But by God's design, parents, you don't lead them to follow Jesus by pointing them the way, by telling them that's what they ought to do. You lead them to follow Jesus by showing them the way. 
by following Jesus. I know I told you this parenting thing isn't easy. And it doesn't get easier as the kids get older. It might get harder. There's this thing called the teenage years. Um, but even into adulthood, parents, you, you lead the way. You lead them to follow Jesus. When our attitude changes from you follow Jesus to let's follow Jesus, it changes. You see, the idea is we follow Jesus together. Not you go follow Jesus, but hey, let's follow Jesus together. It changes. It changes. What happens is when we do that, then we can instill in them a living faith that becomes their own, which is what we want. Listen, I, I don't know if you've heard this statistic. I've said it before, and it's not original with me, but the research says over and over and over and over again that two out of three kids raised in church will walk away between 18 and 23. Two out of three kids. We don't want that. What we want to do is instill in them a living faith that becomes their own. They don't ride on mom and dad's coattails. Someone asks them, so what do you think happens to a person when they die? Well, you know, some will go to heaven, some will go to hell. And then they say, what do you think is going to happen to you when you die? Well, I'm going to go to heaven. And if you ask why, well, because my mom and dad were Christians and I grew up in a church. See, that's not their faith. And we don't leave them on their own to find it because they're going to go down the, the current of culture. But we teach them, we show them what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Some of you are going, wow, thanks a lot. I was depressed when I got here. Now I know the job is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Let me give you a couple of things. One is, so, so what now? What do, we, what do we do with this? Just go home and feel guilty? Guys, go home and cook your hamburgers and bratwurst, you know? Um, pretend like it never happened? No. Here's what we need to do with this. You need to include your kids in your journey with Jesus. You ever thought about that? Let's get away from this world's idea that faith is a personal thing and that you leave that to them to deal with and they have to make their own choices and you do the same for you. In fact, our world would say, don't even talk about it, you know, which is, that goes against Scripture. We're to be very vocal. In fact, we're to influence our culture. But, but have you ever thought about that? Include your kids in your journey with Jesus. How do you do that? Let me give you one very practical thing that you can do. And you can start this today. You can start this this week. Some of you are going, but my kids aren't at home anymore. They, they make these little things. They're called telephones. Contrary to what the current generation thinks, you can actually make phone calls on these things. I got two texts that I, I missed earlier. Um, you can actually make phone calls. And, and so... so if your kids aren't in your home anymore, you can still have influence with them. 
you can still lead them. So, so here's what I ask you to do, and you can, you can use the, the little voice thingy that your telephone does um, uh, to, to make this happen if you need to. Once a week, get this? Once a week, tell your kids what's going on in your walk with Jesus. And ask them what's going on in their walk with Jesus. Now, I know some of you are thinking, I don't know, that's going to take a degree from seminary. <laughs> Listen, that's something every single parent can do. Now, here's the scary part. You may be thinking this. What if it's that place in the week I'm going to do that and nothing's happening in my walk with Jesus? It's really simple. You go to your knees and you say, God, I need you to be working in my life. God, do something in my life. And some of you may be thinking, well, that's kind of a weird motive you want God to work in your life so you can have something to tell your kids? Hey, whatever it takes. <laughs> but you earnestly go and say, God, do something in my life. Lord, I, I haven't heard from you this week. Maybe it's because you weren't listening. God, do something in my life. Now that adds a whole, we talk about accountability partners, that adds a whole level of accountability to our walk with Christ, doesn't it? And, and you know what? I think if you get to that place, you just need to be honest with your kid and say, you know, God hadn't really done anything this week. I'm thinking maybe it's because I wasn't seeking him. I'm thinking maybe it's because I wasn't listening. And the other problem that you might encounter is when you ask your kid, what has God done in, in your life this week? What, what's God doing in your heart, and they say, you know, I'm not really doing anything, then, then we, can, we can say, why do you think that is? Have you, have you been spending time with him and his word? You might find the answer is, you know, I started out, but that's hard. And you can just be honest and say, you know what, that's hard for a lot of people. What if we did that? What, what if you and I just spent some time together with God? Let's just read. Pick, pick a verse in the Bible. Don't go to Leviticus. <laughs> um, let's, let's read together. Let's ask God to do something in our lives. Let, let, let's ask God to work in our lives so that next week I have something I can share with you. And you have something you can share with me. Now listen, that's not rocket science. That's not deep theological stuff. That's something that every parent can do with their kid. Kids, you can initiate that with your parents. Especially if they're not here. You go home and freak them out. Say, hey, what's God doing in your life this week? <laughs> and then you can ask them if they give, say, and they say, well, nothing. Why do you think that is? Be nice about it. Once a week, you tell your kids what's going on in your walk with Jesus, and you ask them what's going on in theirs. Try it.
I challenge you. I dare, I triple dog dare you. Can't back out of that one. Some of you may be saying, well, I, don't, I, I don't have kids. You know what? Grab a niece or a nephew, not, not literally, but, but just kind of say, I, I want to take that role in my niece and nephew's life. Maybe they have great godly parents. That's great. Man, we need it from every, every angle available. Grab somebody else and, and you, you just start to do that for them. Maybe you need to help their parents do that with them. If we don't start including our kids in our walk with the Lord, then it's going to remain our faith and they're likely going to walk away when they become adults. Because that is our God-ordained role as parents is to lead our children to follow Jesus. Of all the responsibilities we might have in this life, and I know some of you have some big responsibilities I honestly believe that the biggest responsibility we have, particularly as parents, is that we are responsible for the eternity of our children. It's huge. But it can start with, you can start leading them by inviting them into your walk with Jesus and just start by sharing something. Maybe here's what you share with them this week. You know what? God just really convicted me that I haven't been taking a big role in your, in your spiritual walk, in your walk with the Lord. And So I just, I just want to share that with you. Is there something God's been dealing with you about? Maybe that's your question. You can ask them. Share one thing and ask one thing. Everybody can do that. Let's pray. Lord... I just thank you for the way that you deal with this. This whole idea of parenting, particularly when we put it in the context of parenting like you parent, like you deal with us. Lord, it just seems huge and overwhelming, but I just thank you that, God, first of all, you never call us to do this parenting thing by ourselves. You've never called us even to walk with you by ourselves. You always promise your peace and your presence and your comfort. And, and God, we know that when we pray, according to your will, that your answer is always yes. And so, God, today we pray, Lord, help us to be the parents that we need to be. Help us to take this role as parents so that we can lead our children to follow Jesus. And, God, give us the courage to invite them into our walk with Jesus, as scary as that is. And help us to take an active role in their walk with Jesus lovingly, gently, just like you do with us. And God, I pray that as we do that, as we step out in faith, Lord, that you would bless it, that our kids would walk with you. Lord, that you would be honored and glorified. And Lord, I want to hear from you that day when I stand in your presence. Well done, my good and faithful servant. God, I just thank you for the privilege of being a dad. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to do it well. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.